I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 580 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got another awesome guest for you guys today. Legendary TV personality Dr. Oz joins me on the podcast. Dr. Oz stopped by my booth at CPAC down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, This is one of several interviews that I was able to do while I was covering the event for First Class Fatherhood. Uh, Dr. Oz really became a uh, household name. He appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show as a regular. His own show, Dr. Oz, really crushed it for years. And now he has thrown his hat into the political arena as he is running for the U.S. Senate in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, one of the big things for a lot of parents during this pandemic is whether or not you should get your kids vaccinated, boosted, the whole bit. Is it safe? Should you do it? I'm glad to have Dr. Oz here with me today. We're going to get into that and so much more. It's an honor to have on the podcast today. My interview with Dr. Oz is straight ahead on First Class Fatherhood. Please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Dr. Oz was recorded live at CPAC. So if you'd like to watch the interview between myself and Dr. Oz, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you missed out on my last episode, you have got to flip it back one and check out my interview with legendary comedian Steve Harvey, who stopped by here on the podcast. I've been getting tremendous feedback from the interview, so please go back one episode and check out my interview with Steve Harvey. During that interview, I made a very special announcement. My new book, First Class Fatherhood, Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, is now available for pre-order on Amazon. So get over there and get your copy or pre-order your copy today. It is a collection of the greatest advice and wisdom dished out right here on the podcast. Dads such as Tony Hawk, Kurt Warner, Dana White, and all the other dads from the military to entertainment to sports to entrepreneurs. You guys have heard them here on the podcast. Now you can get a collection of all the best advice and wisdom dished out right in one collection. First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode or go check out firstclassfatherhood.com for more details. All right, and be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace because next week I will be going live with First Class Father and star of Little People Big World, Matt Roloff, for a very special announcement. Also, you can catch up with all the upcoming guests that will be coming on the podcast soon. Got some bangers coming your way. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, please hit me with a rating or review. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dr. Oz. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, live at CPAC here, First Class Fatherhood, joined by Dr. Oz. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here. Honored. Fatherhood's important. It's not respected enough. Well, let's start it right there. How many kids do you have? How old are they? No, at four. I know exactly how old they are. So that being my oldest one, I was born in 1986, and she has four children, so four grandkids, and the oldest of those had her birthday yesterday. The three other children are, are all adults. My youngest one, Oliver, is a first-year medical student, and he just had a major, you know, one of those things that happens when you're young that tests you. He's a, uh, a student who had a COVID shot before the school year started because he had to. And then he got COVID over Christmas, didn't want to get sick. But they told me he had to get a booster. And he's in immunology class, literally taking the class that tells you not to get a booster because you have natural immunity. And he had to decide, do I kowtow and get the, get the, you know, the shot? And, you know, 
go along to get along? Or do I actually stand up for what I know medically is right and push back and say, no, I'm not taking the shot. And I'm going to push you to make a decision that's best for all the students. And he just got noticed this week that, from this university that he's going to be allowed to avoid the booster. And so will his class. Because there isn't a lot of evidence of boosting kids. In fact, there's no evidence of boosting kids who've already had COVID and been vaccinated. It helps them. Right. Well, that's a whole topic of evidence, what's right, what's wrong. I'm going to get into that in just a second here. But if you could take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? So I married my wife, Lisa, when I was 25, had Daphne when I was 26. And it completely changed everything that I thought I knew about life. First off, I never loved anything quite like that. It wasn't that I loved Daphne more than everything else. It just is a different kind of love. I mean, you, you happily give your life for your child once you actually see that beautiful um, life come to being. And I was the first one who saw her because she looked up and she was difficult delivery. She looked up at me and she stared at me. What, what am I doing here? Which is what she still does. And she was blue. Uh, she actually took my show when I stepped into politics. She's a much better broadcaster than I am. Um, and she's a wonderful mom. But witnessing her growth and her evolve as a, as a child into a, a girl, into a young adult, and now into motherhood has been one of the most blissful parts of my life. Wow, very well said. Yeah, I got four kids myself, too. So I got three boys, and then we got our girl on the fourth try. did the opposite. Right, okay. So uh, obviously, one of the things I talk about on my show a lot is the fatherless crisis that we have going on. We got so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And I really think if we could start strengthening our family units and get more dads in the home, I think 90% of the problems we're seeing would start to go away. What's your take? You said it perfectly. I think all fathers feel that. And what's bizarre to me is not only have we lost fatherhood, we've lost masculinity in our society. And I'm not talking about, you know, macho, beating people up. I mean, fathers are tender, loving, forceful, we need to. We have, we have testosterone in our message, but we, if we're smart, we respect our wives, our spouses. And I think a lot of fathers don't feel that call anymore. Maybe they haven't had it message to them. They haven't seen it in action in their own families. But the less we have fathers involved in families, the more we put undue burden on moms. But we also get children without an element of their upbringing that's challenging. And there's no way you can challenge a data on this. And people won't talk about it because they want to hurt feelings. But I'm a surgeon and a dad, right? I, I'd rather have you respect me because maybe one day you'll love me. But if I don't have you respect me, you'll never love me. You won't stay loving me. And if we're not forceful about highlighting that if you don't have two parents in your family, it makes it more difficult. That's just a reality. It increases poverty. That makes it more difficult for kids to deal with emotional issues as they go through their lives. And for them to have families that are also healthy in that regard. It's not about blaming or othering or, or shaming. It's just a reality of an aspiration we should all have. And fathers should help other families who don't have fathers if they can as well. But as our society, we should just go back to the fundamentals and say, how do we evolve to where we are today as a species? We did it by forming family units. That's the building block for society. And what's the only covenant you sign with society? There's only one. You don't sign birth certificate. You don't sign death certificate. You sign your marriage certificate. And you pledge to be honorable and do whatever it takes to make it work. Which is why the best decision I ever made in my life without any question was marrying my wife, Lisa, 36 years. Wow. Yeah, really great stuff, Dr. Oz. I love what you have to say. And, and talk about messaging. If the messaging was as strong about the importance of fathers being in the home as it is about coronavirus, I think we'd be doing a lot better off. And I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but there's one about kids getting the vaccine. They call them vaccine heroes. They got the kids dressed up like superheroes and stuff like that. And my, a lot of parents obviously concerned about what is the right thing. So much misinformation, disinformation. No one seems to know what's the best thing to do for kids. Is it necessary to get kids that are healthy, vaccinated uh, or booster shot and all? What's your take on all that? What would you tell parents? I'll tell you what we've done in our family. My uh, grandchildren, who are just eight, six, four, and two, have not been vaccinated. They probably had COVID. 
because their parents both had COVID. They didn't, they had sniffles, they didn't get sick. And there's not a lot of evidence that they're all that much better off. And once they've had COVID, getting an extra shot. And for that reason, we're not going to expose them to that. My children did get the vaccine. They're adults. And they did it in part because they were in professions like medicine where you have to in order to go to work. But I don't think it was all that you know, big a deal for them one way or the other. I'm sort of happy they got it because it gives you a, set, a, step, a level of protection for severe illness. But myocarditis is a real, real concern for me, especially for my son because it does affect young men. Now, me, I got vaccinated because I'm older. I don't have any big risk factors. I wasn't panicked about it because the vaccine doctor didn't have a choice. The grandparents, that's where you got to fully focus. The vulnerable population in America did get vaccinated. Fathers say, guys, I don't want to die. I want to be here for my kids and, 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 and grandkids. I'm going to nurture them, get vaccinated. Young people, not as much of a deal. And we focus on that. We misleadingly post statistics for the whole population that, you know, only uh, two-thirds of people got vaccinated. It means a third of people are nothing dragging Republicans. No, that's not true. 95% of people who are older at risk got vaccinated. Everybody else did what they're supposed to do within their family, talking to their doctor to sign it. Yeah, and I think one of the big things too, Dr. Oz, is that the main point, they try to make it as if people are anti-vax, and it's really anti-mandate. They don't want to be forced into this decision or lured with free hamburgers and free lottery tickets. Like, that seems a little a little bit much, but... Forget about lured, fired. Yeah. You know, lose their job, dishonorable discharge. I mean, things that... I, and we're going to look back and say... That was horrible. Right. Yeah. People and put them to an invasive medical procedure that they believed in their own heart they didn't need. And then we penalize them if they didn't do it right. And then we violate HIPAA every time. I can ask you questions about you that are pretty personal and not feel awkward about it. When did that start? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you walk up to a woman and ask her if she's on the pill, you'd be in a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? But you could go up there and ask her if she's had the shot and it's okay, acceptable. But getting off of that and back into you as a father here, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? My father was pretty strict. And when I was very young, he actually spanked me. And I remember the very telling moment when I was having a nightmare. And my mother said, you're not going to do that anymore. I know you were raised that way. And he, did, he never hurt me when he spanked me. He just, you know, pat me on the bottom. But, uh, you know, it's fearful because you're a little five-year-old. Uh, so I never touched my kids. Uh, but I played sports with them. And sports can get rough and tumble. And I want them to be able to get up again if they fell down. And if they're being naughty, you can tell in sports because you're going to perform well. And so I used that as a major coaching tool, a teaching tool. It was easier for me than working on their algebra, when it's not so easy to tell how they're reacting. Uh, and I was, uh, I, I loved them deeply, and I always told them that because it turns out kids do, kids believe their parents when they say this. And so if you're acting that you love them, but you don't actually say you love them, they get mixed messages. So actually say it. And I let my wife be disciplinarian because they knew all of them, that she would do anything for them. So when she shut down a curfew issue or wouldn't let them do something they really, really wanted to do and they come crying to me, I'd always wilt because I wasn't with them enough. You know, when you are with your children for two hours a day and you feel guilty about the fact you weren't there for longer and they ask you something, you give in. So having my wife there as, as this Rutgers Gibraltar to say, no, we were doing all these things today, you're not going out. making crying, moaning, yell, but the next morning she'll be with them making a pancake. You got to have that balance, too, because I, I struggle with that with my daughter myself. But I'll tell you what, I think dads today are more ever that, that tell their kids that they do love them. I know I do a lot more than I've blown away the amount of times. Not that my father didn't love me, but it wasn't as vocalized. It wasn't as as mentioned so much, you know. So I, I think that's one of the things. What would you consider to be the top values you want to instill, you wanted to instill in all your kids growing up? For, for me, it was integrity. You know, say what you see. You, I may not agree with it. Um I definitely won't like it if you don't tell me what you think because then you're being dishonest and that's the foundation of any relationship. And I'll always be there for you. 
I don't care if you did the right thing or the wrong thing. I'll always be there to pick up the pieces because we're flawed. We're, we're, we're creatures of habit. We make mistakes. I make mistakes. I want my kids to see that and how I cope with it as well. And I grew up personally playing sports and, you know, learning how to get back up again when you fall down. I think fatherhood's messages are many, but one of them is that we will, we will be that strength. Uh, when you're feeling down and dark and blue and staring at the ceiling wondering, am I alone? And uh, the father's job is to make sure you always don't know. Yeah, great stuff. And you bring it back to the discipline portion. One of the interesting things that I found is from interviewing a lot of celebrities and a lot of high athletes, all these guys, a lot of them all testify that they were spanked growing up, but that they don't do it with their children. There seems to have been a big switch. Also, too, I think maybe public figures don't want to admit that they spank their kids because it may sound bad just because of the, the bad name it's got. What have you found as far as uh, children, is there any noticeable difference that you've seen over the years and what you do of people that were spanked versus kids that weren't? Is there any major side effect downside? Because it seems like all these people turned out successful and they all say, you know what? Sometimes I'm spanked. I needed it. Oh, I deserved it when I got spanked. <laughs> Me I'm too. Not, yeah, that's the... Again, I... The difference, I, obviously, between beating a child yeah, and spanking. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to clarify. It, I never thought my father was trying to hurt me. I knew I did something wrong and he was going to hit me on the bottom. And it was, it was going to hurt, but it wasn't going to leave a mark. So it's... It's not the same as fearing that I was going to be, you know, really uh, in an injured city. I also want to emphasize, it's not like I didn't touch my kids. I'd wrestle with them, especially the boy. Girls are a little different. Right. Girls, you, you know, they're smarter than we are by the time they're 10. So <laughs> here's, it's an away game for us. But my son, if he was having an issue, you know, I'd wrestle with him. You know, I, I, you know there's ways of guys doing things. Where you're, you're definitely not hurting each other, but you're putting your strength in play. And until he was stronger than me, of course. Now, I can, now his mother pulls him off me. But so it was it was a very physical family structure for us. And so I do think it's important. I, I would not encourage you to have no contact with your kids. That's why kissing and hugging are important in our family as well. And I do I believe that touching element is vital and family's gonna figure that out. But I I'll I'll, I'll, I'll end with the story Paul Graham shared me. He's one of my greatest just a wonderful mentor, senator from from uh, Texas. He said he was in in a meeting one day and he was talking about kids and values and a woman in the back said, Senator, I disagree with you. I love your kids as much as you love your kids. He said, really? He said, she said, yep, love your kids just like you do. He said, what are their names? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's unique and it's important and it's up to you as a father. So stand tall and do your job. Make sure your kids know you're there. For yeah, very well said. That you stole my thunder there. Last question, I know we're up against it here, was going to be, what kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? It's an unbelievable miracle you've been blessed with. Don't abuse it. Always be there because it's not easy to force a man to show up in his family's life. Uh, you're, and people will try to make you do that, and you will regret it for the rest of your life if you don't. Yeah, very well said. Love the message. Honor for me. You're a first-class father all the way. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time. God bless you. Right. Right. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Dr. Oz for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Once again, that interview with Dr. Oz was done live at CPAC down there in Orlando, Florida. I was able to do several great interviews while I was down there, uh, so stay tuned for more coming from that. Also... Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace as I will be going live next week with Little People, Big World star Matt Roloff for a very special announcement. And don't forget the book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads is now available for pre-order over there on Amazon. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.